Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clubhouse, episode 29. This is a specifically football podcast, so we got some soccer and some NFL football for you. Football. A little football. And that was Dale for you. So, Dale, how are you this week, bud? Doing pretty good, man. Feeling pretty alive right now, you know? 10.22 p.m. Okay. I am uh, fully awake, but, you know... Busting myself out here, you know. Hey, it's a late pod, but we're busting. Getting, we're putting in uh, putting in some good work for the good people here. I'm breaking records here, PRs yeah. every day. This is a record breaking podcast, believe, because we got Doge and Doge. How Yo. are you, buddy? Oh, we're doing well. It's uh, it's good to to be back recording. Uh, we're we're making our moves towards a new benchmark here shortly. Yes, and uh, it's just exciting to be a part of the podcast again. It's always great to be here. I was going to say, we've got a special treat for all the listeners, a little FCC special treat, so stay tuned for that. But first, got to warm it up. So, Doge, I'm going to pass it right back to you because you're wide open over there. Uh, get a couple shots in, warm it up, stretch it out. What do you got here for your warm-up this week? Yeah, the NFL Combine brought out a lot of news. Yes. Uh, a lot of different stories coming from there. DK Metcalf being one of them. Is Kyler Murray actually 5'10"? We'll talk about that later. I don't know. Maybe. But the, the one that caught my eye right away, former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Yeah. The Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, it'll definitely be an improvement from Bortles, without a doubt. But do you think this will be enough to bring them back into contention in their division? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the Colts show that they're, that, yeah. they're too, that they're too tough. They're, they're stepping up. Healthy Andrew Luck is a nice Andrew Luck. And the Texans are tough too. I don't. I don't know if Nick Foles to the Jags is going to be enough for him, but we'll see. I like the addition. Well, they had to also like give up a defender too to make some room for Nick Foles. So like their super strong defense is kind of like being pieced away one by one. So right. I, I agree with. Kind of got like picked <clears throat> apart a little bit uh, throughout last year. Like did not have as good of a year as he had before. Like right. I don't know the Jags. You know, definitely an improvement for Blake Bortles, like I said, but we'll have to see how that how that really turns out for him. But uh, right. some cool news coming from the from the combine. Right, I totally agree, and I, I agree with that. Uh, it's an upgrade, but who knows how it'll turn out for him. All right, I'm going to take the ball back from you, Doge. I'm going to warm up here, stretch it out. i got some tight, tight hammies, so I need to stretch those out first here, so hold on to that ball for a second. <laughs> All right, give it over here. Perfect. All right, so... Celtics are turning it around, folks. We've got two big wins on a back-to-back, smacking the Warriors on their home court. That is the biggest loss in the Steve Kerr era that they've had at home. So just think about that. That's a long time. That's a lot of good teams. They have 35. not 35 big Holy ones. God. And that's because Gordon Hayward was an animal. He looks like he was playing, like just hopped in a time machine, came back from that guy who was playing from the Utah Jazz. Like he never got hurt, and it was amazing. And then he sinks the late buzzer beater against the Sacramento Kings, you know, to win that game. So maybe not a buzzer beater, but one of the last second shots. So critical points there. So really coming back where the Celtics are turning around, that could be because Gordon Hayward is turning it around. So really looking forward to seeing their matchup against the uh, Lakers here this Saturday. So, Dill, what do you got here for your warm up this week? All right. So bringing up a little hockey here. Oh, okay. that's hey, that's still for you. So right now, looking at the standings in the NHL playoff race in the Eastern Conference, Montreal has slipped to the second place in the wild card. 
Ooh. with uh, 79 points. Currently two points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have now Ooh. slipped out. Oh, no. Um, and guess guess who uh, slid in their place, the Metropolitan? I don't know. Somebody I don't I don't want to see there. Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe? Uh, yeah! The Penguins. The Penguins are slid in uh, for the third seed right now in the Metropolitan. So yeah, You don't want to see Sid the Kid in the playoffs. That's, yeah. He's that's, dangerous. That's not. And Malkin. Yeah. They're good. But on a positive note for my Lightning, they were tied for the fastest team to 50 wins. Wow. Um, I can't remember exactly how many games it was. I believe it was in 64 or uh, 66 games. Okay. 50 wow. wins and like 66. Like yeah, like so it's like. Almost um, to win a game, basically. Like, sheesh. So, uh, yeah. A little bit of hockey update there. We'll okay. see. Uh, you know, in the Western Conference, uh, it's not not as exciting. Uh, looks like Colorado might be slipping out, but Dallas and Minnesota with that wild card. Sure. So, hey. about it. Hey. I like it. A little hockey update. We need it. Starting in a couple weeks. <clears throat> Say playoffs are coming soon. Everything's coming here. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Ooh. All right, we're warmed up, so it's time to give the people what they want. First half, we're going FCC only. So in FCC's debut game against Seattle, they opened up in the 13th minute with just a beautiful strike from Leonardo Bertone. And we actually, Dylan and I, got to catch up with him at the FCC meet and greet this past week. And we were able to ask him a question about what that goal meant to him and this club. So here you are, folks. What you wanted, little Bertone audio from the first goal from FCC. So let's see what he thought about that coming up here. All right, so this is Dylan here. Uh, just wanted a, a quick word on the goal that we had here. Bertone, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a nice one. Uh, the first for the club, the first for me and MLS, first for FC Cincinnati. But um, I think uh, I can be proud of this goal, and uh, yeah. I hope it was not the last one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a, it was a beautiful rip. Um, how, how does it feel actually having one of those shots where you get that full connection, or was that not the full connection there? I think it was the full connection, yeah. <laughs> I'll say, man, that looked great. That looked yeah, great. So, hey, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you um, You know, this is a great event, so. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you at the home opener, man. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, we're going to be there. All right, so that was freaking awesome. I can't believe we got to interview him. Like, what do you guys think about that and then also the goal? So, Doge, we'll swing it to you first. Sure. Uh, it's great to see one of the new additions to the team just provide some instant production. And what an electric goal, you know, to score so early and just off an absolute rip. Uh, it really had me fired up. Uh, it, it was great to see, and hopefully we get some more stunners like that throughout the season. Yes, please. We need more like that, absolutely. And, like, oh, my God, what a moment, too, like, for everyone in Cincinnati. Like, such a good goal. Dude, what did you think about it, and, like, what was your experience, like, interviewing him as well, too? Yeah, so it was. Uh, I'll, I'll bring that up first because man, that was that was absolutely sweet. Um, I, re I really liked being able to interact with some of these guys that we ended up meeting. And Bertone was one of the first guys. You know, he actually he was the first guy we went up right, to, like right when we walked in too. Yeah, and was cool. he was he was really cool. Uh, great guy. So I'm glad we were able to meet him. I'm glad that he had a killer shot. Right. Um, you know, and obviously, it's actually funny because we have a guy on our team who always tries to 
you know, rip shots in our games. Right, true. And you always want him to connect with one, you know? Right, but he never can. And Bertone just nailed it, man. Right. So that was awesome. Uh, I can't imagine it feeling any better than having the first goal in, you know, the MLS for FCC. Right. Uh, so welcome, you know? Right, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for your first home game, man. Right, major shout-out to him, dude. Really appreciate it. Unfortunately, though, the game did not go well after that. We uh, conceded four goals. And uh, we ended up losing to Seattle. So what do you guys think we need to improve on potentially here moving into Atlanta? Um, Dill, I'm going to hop it right back to you. I think that, you know, the first thing that you need to, you know, realize right off the bat is that defensively we need to become, you know, one unit. Whereas that first game we looked like we were all, you know, playing on, you know, different strings. Whereas if we were all on the same set of strings – I feel like it would be much better, and also, you know, we would, we would just be much coordinated, in, you know, in the back. And right. I think that once we finally find a set of guys who, as far as players, can actually play the way that we need them to, I think that that'll be, you know, fun. Right. we'll be fine moving forward. But we showed a lot of, you know, great talent, um, yes. you know, on the ball skills. I think that you know we had a lot of pretty good runs. I feel like we got worn out for maybe having a little bit too much adrenaline at the beginning, sure. but um, you know, I'm sure you guys saw some of the same things. But right. you know, what what else? Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, I'll add. Uh, I agree with a lot of those points, but I also think that we just like looked like you could tell we were not like a team that had been together for a long time. So that's just chemistry we're gonna have to build on, and uh, I think also. You know, like we if, if we can just uh, like you were saying, Dylan, just be more more connected in the back. I think that'll really help because we did have a lot of good connections and like good counters. Doge, what do you think? Anything to add along with uh, what we're saying here about the D or offense? Yeah, I mean, I, after watching the game, we just so many times just got beat up the sides, and uh, it just looked like we were just outpaced and outmatched on those those wings with our our fullbacks. Um, you know. Time time again, it seems like we would we would get a stop on the on the defensive center, and then clear it up, and then lose the fifty fifty ball. So I mean, right. I feel like it's just you know chemistry, like you said, uh, just knowing where guys are going to be, their tendencies, and and then being able to fill in the the passes a little bit better and work the work the ball up the field more than just you know sending a big cross or clearance as soon as we win the ball. Uh, just something that you know they'll develop as they get to get to learn a little more about each other. But, uh, yeah, I'd right. like to see a little bit more uh, minutes played from some of the guys that really led our team in the USL last year with Forrest Lasso being the defender of the year, Ledesma. I'd like to see a little bit of play time out of them because uh, I think they earned it. But we'll just have to see how it goes. Sure. Hey, I always want the most talented guys out there that can give us a chance. And I think that, uh, you know, Coach Allen Koch will definitely put us in the, the right position. But actually – Let's hear from him right now since we actually got to interview him at the meet and greet as well. So here's uh, Coach Alan Koch. Hey, we apologize for almost running to you in the parking lot out there. That was us. <laughs> hey, do you mind if we get a word? We do like a local sports podcast. We're just going to comment on Atlanta and then the home opener. So I'll say we're really just curious kind of what you guys are looking forward to on, uh, you know, on Sunday, you know, facing the ex-champions as far as how that environment's going to be and what you guys are going to handle it like. I think we know it's going to be a special environment. Obviously, they're getting presented with their rings on Sunday, yeah, right. so the stadium's going to be buzzing. But 
you know what, we went to Seattle, it was a tough place. I feel like we've learned a lot from that game, and hopefully we can go out and get ourselves some points on the road in that game. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Good luck. All right, so just like Coach said, do you guys think we're going to be able to get some points on the road, or do you think this Atlanta atmosphere is going to be too much? Doge, I'm going to swing it to you first. What do you think? Uh, I think it's definitely possible that we, we could scratch some points out of this. You know, we uh, we we have a week to kind of look at the tape and, and see, you know, some of the things we can improve on. Like I said, you know, there, there are definitely some things that, that we can work on as a team, just getting to know each other. Right. But, uh Atlanta proved that, you know, maybe they, they aren't exactly the same team right. that won that championship last year uh, by by falling, you know, to the D.C. United. We'll talk about that matchup a little bit later. But, um, you know, it, it proved that they aren't, you know, necessarily invulnerable to, to losing a game early. So it'll be tough in that environment with Atlanta coming home. But I think FC has, has the talent to give them a run for their money. Right. No, for sure. <clears throat> I totally agree, especially with uh, guards that coming back in the lineup. Like I think that's just going to really help shore up the back line, which we all you know questioned, you know, a couple minutes ago. So I think with our line being more shored up, and you know, you know, us being able to play, you know, indoors as well, and have another week under our belt, and uh, just getting to know each other and getting to know the system and everything, I think we'll be a lot better and hopefully play to Atlanta standard there. Uh, Dill, what do you think? Yeah, TJ, I think with, you know, kind of what you're saying, that makes sense uh, with playing inside, you know, they're able to have a controlled environment, whereas it was a little bit soggy, I believe. Right. Seattle. Yeah, a little bit. Not that it's a huge difference in soccer. I mean, indoor, it's still nice, you know, this time of year. It's a little chilly. For sure. And I think that, you know, early season – they're going to be looking forward to being able to have that indoor controlled environment. Like I said, you know, right. like what you're saying indoors where maybe some of these guys aren't maybe the uh, most limber right now. Sure. So in the cold, they're right. more prone to injury. Right. Sure. No. So early seasons type stuff. But I think that they'll be able to probably come out of this with a tie. I think that Atlanta is going to be really focused after their performance. Uh, last week, right? But I think Cincinnati will be also. Sure, yeah, no so doubt. That's why I think it'll be a good game to watch. I'm <clears> glad <throat> they ended up putting it on TV. So, right, yeah, ESPN Prime Time, baby. Let's do that. So, uh, speaking of Mr. Prime Time, Greg Garza is also here with us. We've got some of his audio. We got to catch up with him. I'm gonna ask him what he'll expect uh, in the atmosphere coming in the Atlanta game. So, let's hear from Greg Garza, um, defender for FCC. <laughs> Hold on. No worries. Yeah, no, so you're good. Go ahead. Very emotional, man. I mean, uh, obviously a special place. Uh, you get your ring right, too, I think? Right? I don't know if the, I don't know if the, 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 the yeah. No, they better. No, I'll get a ring. I don't know right. if the presentation is going to be. I think it is. Okay, so who knows? I mean, who knows, what the, who knows what they have planned for me. But, yeah, it'll be a special night for me, for sure. Awesome. awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You're getting back in the lineup, too, man. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so like Greg said, like, this is going to be a crazy atmosphere. Um, but it's just what well, they're getting their championship rings, but I don't know. I'm a homer, you know, personally. So I think the FCC home opener is going to be better than this Atlanta home opener, even though they're hanging up a banner and getting rings. We're welcoming a team to this town. Um, and I just think that's going to be something incredible. And I think that's going to be a better atmosphere. What do you think, Doge? What do you got? Atlanta getting their rings or FCC home opener? 
Atlanta being that new team, getting the championship so early, it'll be really exciting. And they fill up that stadium, too. Oh, yeah. So that'll, that'll be a hell of an atmosphere. But, you know, like you said, I'm a homer, too. There's something special about these FC Cincy games that, compared to any other sporting event I've ever been to, it's just, it's so electric. And like you said, to be welcoming an MLS team to, to Cincinnati for the first time, it'll it'll be something really, really special for the city of Cincinnati and for soccer in America. Uh, it'll be it'll be something great. So I think that FC Cincy crowd is just gonna be awesome. Plus, you know, the Chief Seats Network is is sending us there. So right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Bill, what do you think about? Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say presented by yeah Chief Seats. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, that's on. Right. St. Patty's Day. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Uh, I will get wild, but teach back to you. I can't wait for it. I was just going to say, what do you think about the atmosphere? You think FCC home opener? You got Atlanta United championship um, ring night. For which one is going to be rowdier? I mean, yeah, or better atmosphere, rowdier. Which, like, if you had a private jet and both events are on the same night and you could only fly to one, which one would you go to? How about that? For the atmosphere. The atmosphere. I mean, okay, so if you get your championship rings, right? that's great then. As soon as the game starts, it's completely new. New season. The, I mean, the season's already started. Right, yeah, it already is. Yeah, they already lost. Whereas FCC, it's their MLS home opener. It That place goes wild for most games there. Oh, yeah. Every game I've been to, it's been wild. Oh, it's going wild for the home opener. Man. That game is going to be absolutely nutty. And, amazing. And... People who haven't been to a game that have only heard about it probably really want to go to a game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree, though. Like, whoever, like, it's the talk of the town. Like, like the people I work with at my company, I work for a pretty small company, but they don't know much about soccer, and they're going, you know, what do you think about the FCC? And I'm, you know, I'm all out FCC. I'm going to every event I can. I'm interviewing the freaking coach and players and about to drop another present here in a second but i mean it's just like amazing that like the atmosphere creates it where people who really have never even liked soccer or even thought about soccer before are asking me if they can go to the game or hey you know i know i heard your your family has season tickets do you think we could borrow those for a weekend we really want to check out the atmosphere it's like that's amazing that people are like trying to check out soccer that like we never would otherwise so i think it's really awesome but Let's hear from Mr. Mr. Awesome, President and GM Jeff Birding on, you know, the home opener and what we can expect from the season um, and this team and the atmosphere that's surrounding it. So here he is talking about that from the FCC meet and greet this past Wednesday. And then uh, just your thoughts on the season and what to expect from the home opener as well, because we're going to be there. We're looking forward to that. Okay. Well, certainly looking forward to the home opener against Portland. They're gonna They're a great team. I think we're going to welcome them to Cincinnati with over 30,000 fans. Yeah, we're looking forward and to being there. I expect that each and every week our, our players are going to fight like heck for Cincinnati. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get better in week two and better in week three and then even better in the summer and even better by the end of the year. And at the end of the year, we want to be competing to make make the playoffs, and then it's one and done. And, right. you know, you, you you just have to get in there and earn your earn your way. Right. right. Absolutely. Just got to get there and get a chance. So. That's right. Well, great. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you very much. All right, so I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. Like, I don't know, just give me a minute. I'm super pumped. Like, let's go. Jeff Bairding, just with some awesome, awesome audio. Just really exciting. Makes you really get hyped up for the season. What do you guys think? Aren't you just like, are you just pumped? Like, ugh. <clears throat> Dill, we'll kick it to you first. What do you think? 
Man, I mean, the whole experience was great. Uh, after being able to speak with some of these, you know, people from the team, the organization, I've, I've always been a part of the team. But this just, you know, really got me in. I loved hearing, you know, everything that they had to say. Right. And they just all seemed so in as well. You right. know what I mean? Like, it, it's one, everybody. Very <clears throat> big family atmosphere. Like, where they, everyone felt like a big family. Like, I don't know. That was a really cool event. I don't know if all, like, teams in, the, like, the MLS or other even organizations put, like, stuff like this on. But everybody was just walking around talking to families and other people and stuff. So, I mean, I literally backed into Teton, like, almost, like, random, well, not random over, but almost tripped over him. He's so huge. Just a really cool event, and glad we got to do it. But, Doge, are you just not pumped for this season as well? Just, like, after hearing all this audio and just, like, hearing from the coach and Jeff himself as well. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just really fun, you know, listening to, to the players and anyone in the staff, you know, coaching, front office, anything. Just how excited they are for the season and for the team and everything we've accomplished just coming this far anyway. Right. And uh, just being able to apply that to an MLS season at the top tier of, of American soccer is just going to be really exciting. And, you know, like you said, everyone's buying in. Uh, it's a great atmosphere. And they're gonna they're gonna play ten times harder when they get in front of these fans. So I'm oh, just yeah. stoked, dude. It seems like everybody's like expecting playoffs too, which is really like it just goes along with the atmosphere. It's just like he, we we're gonna you're, they're gonna put on a show for us because we're gonna show out for them. You know, like it's just awesome. So we just want to say major thank you to everyone that we got to talk to and everyone for putting on the event, but specifically Greg Garza. So we told all these guys first of all. Let me. Just say we told all these guys we give them a shout out on Instagram, Twitter, and everything, and shout out all their, you know, social media. So major thank you to Greg Garza, who is G at GM Garza four on Twitter and GM Garza on Instagram. Leonardo Bertone on Instagram is at Leonardo Bertone. Jeff Berding on Twitter is at Jeff Berding, and Alan Koch is at a Koch on Twitter. So. Major thank you to all those guys, and uh, everyone give them a follow and a special shout-out, and thank you for letting us do this and putting on a great event like that. So thank you. We appreciate it. Moving on then to our next MLS topic. We're just going to pick another MLS matchup from the weekend because we can't only talk FCC. This is you know a completely you know football podcast here. So uh, give us another matchup from the weekend that stuck out to you. Doge, I'm going to swing it to you first. Give me something that happened this past MLS weekend that stuck out besides FCC. Yeah, the the LA Galaxy uh, came back from being down 1-0. Uh, Zlatan actually had the go-ahead goal. Yeah, That's exactly what you want to see if you're a Galaxy fan. And always fun seeing Zlatan find a way to score. And he's, he's really kind of found his thing in LA, it seems like. You know, he was actually just on Jimmy Kimmel the other night. Fun interview. If you guys haven't seen it, give that a look as well. But, uh, yeah, it uh, seems like he's kind of just picking up where he left off last year. And uh, they'll be a tough team uh, going down the, the road here. So keep your eye out for the Galaxy as well. Sure. <clears throat> well, for me, it was all about FCC. So I was doing a little scouting. I was checking out uh, D.C. United versus Atlanta United to see how we were going to look up against Atlanta. And uh, D.C. United actually pulled away here with a 2 nothing victory. Um, Wayne Rooney looks really good. I mean, he doesn't look like he's missed a step. I mean, he probably can't 
compete with some of the fastest players, but you can tell his mind is still there and he can still play great balls and still has a rocket for a leg. So that was really exciting to see. And uh, Paul, uh, Paul Ariola, who plays for the men's national team, but also DC United was just all over the pitch there for that game and really made an impact. I think he had the first goal. I'm not sure if he had the second one um, or assisted on it, but he was all over the place. Like I said, really made a big impact. Um, and it was very memorable. And so Atlanta did not come out looking like they probably wanted to. So I'm thinking that may potentially add a little extra pressure to FCC going into Atlanta there because they're going to be itching for their first win, especially in front of their home crowd. So um, not the fuel that we needed for FCC, but that's it's also good because it shows that they're beatable this year as well. So, uh, Dill, what did you think about another matchup that stood out to you? Yeah, thanks, Steve. So – this game out in, uh, out in Colorado. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Portland. No, Colorado. Versus Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. 3-3. The game was crazy, man. In the snow, call it a blizzard. If anyone saw that... Call it a blizzard, yeah. If anyone saw that uh, video of the avalanche in Colorado, you know, it was something Jeez. like that. You know, it was, it was just a whiteout there. Uh, yeah. But no, it, it was pretty cool. I remember playing in the snow a couple times, limited times here in Cincinnati growing up. And every time you played, it was very interesting to play as a goalie because you could just kind of slide across, like, you know, the whole thing. Or you just, if it was really thick, you just, you just keep going. You just, yeah, I mean, if it was, uh, you know, really thick, you just, like, kind of fall and play into the snow. Uh, wasn't quite like that. Right. But a 3 3. Soccer game is uh, pretty rare. Yeah, dude, very back and forth, exciting game, that's for sure. Especially in the cold, very. I think, um, you know, don't quote me on this, folks, but I believe that was the coldest game um, in MLS history. So, very interesting. Yeah, if it wasn't the coldest, it was definitely one of the coldest. Right. I think it was at least top top three, but I, I'm not, that's just me kind of pulling that out of my ass, but I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's not. Ever. It's not like my style was any better, dude. That's where mine came from. So they, they both work. <laughs> hey, well, while we're doing that, let's take a break and go into halftime, so we can recoup and stop pulling our get our facts straight. So, uh, Doge, tell the people where they can get what they want from the clubhouse. Then we'll swing it to Dill to tell them where they can get all the network stuff. So, Doge, what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, the clubhouse has been a little bit active today. Uh, you know, posting about meeting with the FC guys, uh, so tagging awesome, them. Man. So, so you, can, awesome. you can follow their accounts right there. But if you want to follow our accounts as well, uh, you can find us on Facebook, just the Clubhouse, Clubhouse being one word. Uh, Twitter, at, it's uh, at Clubhouse underscore TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. And on Instagram, it's the Clubhouse underscore TCSN. Uh, so just find us there, you know. Like us, share us with your friends, and give us the follow. Uh, we, we'd love to interact with you guys on social media. So that's where you can find us. Sure. Now, Dill, we've got another podcast that we work with, the Pick and Roll Report. So where can they find all the stuff that combines into the Cheap Seats Network? So we have Facebook. Yep. We have Twitter. Yes. On the Facebook, we are the Cheap Seats Network. Oh, one, two, three, four. Pretty easy. Cheap Seats Network, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Other than that, you can find us 
tweeting on Twitter. Yes. At the Cheap Seats SN for Sports Nation. Oh, just wow. kidding. Wow. Just kidding. At the Cheap Seats SN. Right. For the Sports Network, guys. Sure, sure. Makes yeah. sense. Nation could have worked, but it's. Yeah. It's the network, though. Yeah. Not it's shout out to Beetle. No, no. 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 That's a hard nah. That's where you can find us. Yeah, that's where you can find all the great stuff for the pick and roll and the clubhouse. So let's move on to the second half here, guys. We're going to move on to some football, some NFL. The combine just recently happened. So stop the presses. You know, hold the phones. Hold your horses. Kyler Murray is officially 5'10". So now that we know that, he's officially, like, he's a good quarterback. Because if he was any shorter, he probably would have been bad. And his hands are, like, a half inch larger than Baker Mayfield's. Right, his hands are big. So he's going to be good. And he's playing in Cleveland, where you need to have big hands. Maybe. Get out of here with the Cleveland talk. We're talking Kyler Murray. All right. Do you th- Did your opinion change at all after him being 5'10", or the other projected 5'8"? So... Uh, let me just get mine out of the way. I firmly believe if you can ball, you can ball. So I watched little Isaiah Thomas lead the Boston Celtics almost to the NBA Finals. I mean, we didn't really get all the way there. But, you know, he was a great leader and he was playing hurt. So maybe he was healthy. Who knows? But you could, it doesn't matter your size. You know, Damian Lillard's a little small guy. You know, there's other people, small dudes in the league, in other leagues. And, you know, on the NFL, you got <clears throat> Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, et cetera, et cetera. If you can ball, you can ball. So I think Kyler Murray's going to be fine. And this didn't 5'8", 5'9", 5'6". I mean, that would have been pretty short, but I would have still believed that he could have played football. So, Doge, what do you think about the announcement of him being 5'10"? Did that change your opinion? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, today, Anonymous Scout comes out and says, you know, Kyler Murray's hype was, quote-unquote, inflated. Wow. So... Wow. You know, if, if that's me, though, I'm wow. like the Giants just being the anonymous scout saying, you know. Wow. Um, Every, my whole thing just changed, Dash. Everything false. I just said changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it, it, it couldn't possibly change the opinion for me. I couldn't have told you his his height off the top of my head. Right, that's what I'm saying. Oklahoma, but I could tell he was a great quarterback, you know. But at the same time, my opinion really couldn't change anyway because he didn't do anything. All he did was get measured. And answer questions, and right. he didn't do anything else with the combine. Yeah, know? that was boring. I didn't like Supposedly that. Supposedly he's going to run. Supposedly he's going to throw at pro day. But uh, I don't see it changing too many opinions. I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He was a great quarterback in Oklahoma. He's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I don't think it's really going to change anybody's mind as to what they think he's going to do if he's 5'9 or if he's 5'10. Right. No, I totally agree. Dill, what do you think? Since you've got a shortish quarterback in Baker Mayfield and who is an Oklahoma quarterback. You're basically, they're getting a similar guy, but not really. What do you think about Kyler Murray being uh, two inches taller? Like, I know we could all use an extra two inches, if you know what I mean, but does this two inches really mean that much? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, I think that, I think that when he's that good of a playmaker, it doesn't really matter. If you're a two-sport athlete, you're a pretty good freaking athlete. Right. And he's shown that he's Professional a pretty... Professional level, too. <laughs> he's shown that he's a pretty intelligent dude, like, just from listening to his interviews, uh, the things that he's done. You know, he understands that he's going to be 
the quarterback of this draft. And if you go ahead and, and go in the NFL, like it's just different being an NFL quarterback than being you know, an everyday baseball player. Right. If you're a star pitcher, you're the guy, sure. Or if you're, you know, hitting bombs like Aaron Judge or Stanton, uh, you know, is or, you know, Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper or some of those Trump. guys. You, you have know, to be that good. But, but I don't think he was going to be that that guy. Right. And obviously, his heart's with football. Right. I mean, that's kind of what he said is that he just really likes competing in yeah, football. Yeah, I heard that quote too, yeah. So, I think with his competitiveness, his height doesn't really matter. I think, obviously, if he's five, if he's 5'10", it, it helps him because seeing over those 6'5", plus linemen, I right. think that that's the time where it comes into play, right? But you see how it, you know it's a negative effect with Paxton Lynch or Brock Osweiler, where they're so tall, huge, yeah, they're that, throwing down, right? That their projectile, you know, the projected throw is actually downwards because right. they can't loft, you know, loft the ball over, right? Whereas when you have that, you know, little man in the backfield, right. you just kind of just dink him right in, and he's athletic, so he can do it kind of whenever. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. He can move all over the place. All right. So then moving on to topic two, another NFL <clears throat> major topic, Antonio Brown. So he had an E60 come out about his side of the story and the whole situation. Um, so after listening or watching that, excuse me, what do you think or who do you think is the most to blame for this whole Steelers situation? So Doge, we'll go to you first. What do you think? Well, I mean, the Steelers... You know, they, they could be at blame because, you know, we've obviously seen how they've really kind of mishandled the Le'Veon Bell situation right. uh, when you have a when you have a top talent in the league to try to franchise tag him. You know, maybe that's not the best decision they've ever made. There may be some some question marks as far as, you know, what the Steelers are doing in, in their decision making for these star athletes. But at the same time. Antonio Brown has proved to just not be the best locker room presence. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's calling players out. He's screaming at guys on the sideline. And, you know, when he Snapchatted Mike Tomlin when they were talking in the locker room, you know, there's some things that you keep to the team and you keep in the locker room, and he just doesn't seem to be the kind of guy to really be with the team and with the roster when it comes to that. So, you know, Steelers may not have handled these situations that, that great, but I think it's tough to handle a situation when when you're dealing with a player like Antonio Brown and the, and the attitude that he has, uh, not only towards the Steelers, but just towards football in general and how he kind of thinks he's he's a bit of a godsend. I, I think his ego is a little high, and I'm going to point the blame a little bit towards him right. for, for this being, you know, so much turmoil. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a lot to blame on the Steelers and a lot to blame on Big Ben, but... They're also dealing with, like, you know, kind of diva-like like players in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown uh-huh. as well. Like, Larry Fitzgerald came out after he saw the thing and said, Antonio Brown has no idea how good he has it. Like, think about all the awful quarterbacks, I mean, minus Carson Palmer, that Larry Fitzgerald's had to deal with and coaches and coordinators. Like, you know, Antonio Brown has had one of the Hall of best, you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you know, of this, like, last decade, you know. There's other guys that you'd want, but Big Ben's up there, especially if you're a wide receiver, somebody who just chucks long balls. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's somebody you'd want to be playing for. So 
I think you put a lot on AB, but also a lot on the Steelers because it doesn't seem like they did much to try to keep him. They kind of looked like they were fine with him and Le'Veon Bell just kind of leaving and just kind of sweeping that mess under the rug. Dill, what do you think about the AB situation? Who's to blame? I think the Steelers are kind of like a no-nonsense organization in the sense that if if they're going to have that, they have people who are buying into their process and they're okay with the system. And if they aren't, then, you know, we don't need you there because they've had a proven track record of success. Right. You know, they understand the process of what they need to have and what they need to do. Personnel, players and staff that they need, you know, look at their coaching tenures. You know, the, the length of their tenures. They don't just fire, you know, hire and fire coaches left right. and right. Uh, they have really good hires. They draft well. They have good players come up through the system. They know how to pick up a free, you know, they, right. they're all around. They know what to do. Right. And I think that with these players, they are the ones who brought to the media or the media necessarily, you know, had this um, close engagement with the players, not necessarily right. like the organization or Ben. I don't think we really heard from them a whole lot. Right. Yeah, it's not like Ben was like, hey, so man, like, like, I'm sorry. Like, they're in really the process. Here, they know? do keep it in close. Right. Like, you've heard things before where they have team meetings and this and that, but those things haven't come out in years past. Right. This year, things came out, and, you know, those are the sources. Right. Exactly. Um, it's interesting. And I think that Antonio Brown is a super talented player, but – you know, same with Odell Beckham, you know, where they can be that distraction at, you know, some points because it's just too much. Sure, sure. And they want too much attention all the time. Right. But potentially sometimes the results are worth it. I don't know, true. But Do there you, I don't know, there's some truth to what he's saying where like there's there shouldn't be a quarter where the Steelers don't throw to Antonio Brown once. Like I think that's really dumb. Like he's their best weapon, there's no doubt. So like if that is truly happening and like, and it's happening more than once or it's like, you know, on a consistent basis, like then he does have some gripe, but it's also like, I don't know, get open too was, at the same time. You was know? there a word where it was intentionally saying, yeah, he do not, do like, not use Antonio. That's what Antonio Brown was saying on his thing. He said, Ben Roethlisberger said, I'm just not going to throw it to you this quarter. Like if you're going to like, you know, whatever X, Y, Z, or like he said, like, I like, get you your paycheck, you know, like, I, like stuff like that. Or, you know, like, and it's like, there's the big uh, owner mentality tweet that Antonio Brown right, had. Right. But in the thing he specifically said, yeah, there was like, he said there were stretches where he said he wouldn't throw me the ball or so like stuff like that. Like, I'm not saying Tom, that's just game being that high, you know, it, but that's just being like, like, so that's what I'm saying. Who can you really trust there? Is that really big Ben? Maybe he just can't find him open or maybe Juju Smith Schuster's open. Cause Antonio Brown's getting doubled. So that's why he's getting the ball. Or is it Antonio Brown really making a tough case that, um, you know, he's not getting thrown the ball like because Big Ben is, you know, truly not a good dude? I don't know, but I think that if you're Ben and you've won championships and you're old and you probably aren't just playing to get beat up, right? You're playing to win championships. I think that you would do what's best to win. You would think so, right? And you know, Ben's a really good quarterback. So if he said, "Hey, I'm not going to be thrown to you," maybe it's because he's like. Hey, I want you to run your route. Right, maybe just motivate like, him. Who knows? Like, right? hey, I'm I'm purposely telling you, right. you're not going to get the ball this quarter because I want you to still be a distraction. You know, running your routes 100. Sure. Whereas if you know, I'm just saying, 
you know, halfway through a quarter, we haven't talked. You're like, yo, what the hell? Like, why aren't you throwing me the ball? You know, I've already talked to you about what's going on, you know. Right. And, and there's always two sides of the story. But like you said, they're, you know, they have that dramatic, or like I said. Right. We've all said, but they have that dramatic flair that they need to have their opinion last. You know, they're right. They're the last word. Sure. It's just interesting. It's very interesting. So any, any like, last second little thoughts there on AB, the situation does, since we held the mic there for a hot minute? No. I mean, you know, like like you guys kind of touched on, he's a bit of a diva. There's definitely some, some weird things that have been said from Ben. But honestly, like, if you're going to if you're gonna sit around and, and complain and moan, like, you know, I wouldn't want to throw him the ball either. Obviously, he's maybe the best option to to throw to because he's just you know arguably the best receiver in the league right maybe one of the best of all time <laughs> right but like I don't know I didn't say I didn't say best of all time I said I one know, of I, know, I said I one of I know and it's like statistically supported by Big Ben throwing him the ball that many times and <laughs> giving him that many yards right. like I just think I, I firmly believe, like go back to what Fitzgerald said like he doesn't know how good he's got it but that's gonna transition to our third topic which is, where is Antonio Brown going to go? So put on a coach's cap or, you know, coach's whistle or get out your clipboard and represent a franchise and uh, say why you think Antonio Brown should come to your team and why you need him. So, Doge, we'll have you go first. Who are you going to be and why do you need Antonio Brown? Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're recording this Thursday night. Uh, a lot of news has been breaking that there will be a trade in place come Friday. So yeah. this may change by the time you guys are listening. But uh, keep in mind, we're, we're talking this right before right before any news is going to be breaking. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the John Gruden hat. Um, oh, good hat. Yeah. That's a grinder. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, He's been under scrutiny at the Oakland Raiders in his first year of his 10-year, $100 million contract. <laughs> so it's not a great start uh, besides the paychecks. That's, that's yeah. great. But oh, yeah. um, everything else has been a little little iffy. Um, I don't know. The Raiders really need really need Antonio Brown. And here's why I say that. You know, First off, they're the odds-on favorite. You know, They have the, the opportunity to get him. And uh, you know, they yeah. face a lot of criticism after Amari Cooper became an instant star in Dallas when they traded him away. And Khalil Mack had almost what was considered an MVP season uh, for the Bears. And how do you make losing those two worth it? You bring back, you know, the arguably the best wide receiver in the league. You know, however, chances of A.B. liking Derek Carr more than Big Ben? <laughs> right. Very slim in my eyes. But... 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 Go for it. Do you have you a butt or do I have I, a butt? I have a good butt. No. You know, I, I want to see what your butt is. You, you butt. I have a good... Listen, I have a good butt. Um, yeah, nice butt. <laughs> um, but Antonio Brown is so Vegas, it just... You have to do it. That was going to be my butt. Oh. <clears throat> you know, that's that's a nice butt. Let's stick with your butt. I, I don't have that great of a butt. Sure. Like, he's just so Vegas. Like, put it some... Put some aviators on him, like have him come out in some Raiders gear. Like he's that's what he's Vegas, man. But I, like I need to get rid of that thoughts because I'm about to put my new hat on since I'm a new coach. Cliff Kingsbury got the quaffed rolling around, looking good, Mister McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Football, football, football. Um, we're getting Kyler Murray with the first pick. Don't tell anybody. Shh. 
They're going to trade Josh Rosen and a pick for Antonio Brown because we need a weapon to go with our buddy. And then Larry Fitzgerald can teach Antonio Brown to appreciate it as he doesn't get as many catches <laughs> from Kyler Murray as Larry Fitzgerald will because he's just better, um, even though he's older. So maybe Antonio Brown will probably be open more. Maybe Fitzgerald will get more catches because Antonio Brown will get more distractions. But that's a team that we need. We'll get uh, David Johnson back, and we'll get our offensive line back going because everybody and our brother was hurt. So we're going to be a whole new team next year, and if we can get A.B., um, that'll be really good along with our first pick in the draft. So I'm really looking forward to that if I'm Cliff Kingsbury. Dill, whose hat are you putting on, and where's A.B. going in your mind? Or where, where, where do you think he should go, I guess, for this? Mike Vrabel. Mike, Mike oh, just, I could – I could tell the muscles tightened up. He's huge. He's huge. If you look at the wide receivers, yikes. I looked at John and I'm like, who are these guys? He said, who, who Cameron, what is it? Is it Watson? Because, you know, with a, with a W, it'd be Watson with a B. Is it Watson or is it Batson? Corey Davis, yeah, I know that guy. He's great. Darius Jennings, yeah. Roger Lewis Jr. Khalif Raymond. Devin Ross. Taji Sharp. Taiwan Taylor. Not Tyrod Taylor. Taiwan Taylor. Tyrod might be a good wide receiver. So, yeah, I I mean, I'm looking at these guys, these playmakers on our offense here. No wonder why we sucked. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, our OC just got a job in Green Bay saying, hey, look at what you guys did with, with those junkies. True, yeah. So, we need some talent there for Mariota. Yeah, he needs a target. There's no doubt. He needs to not get hurt. We well, like we running the ball. Interesting Rabel. We like running the ball. It started off so deep. We're we're just kind of bouncing right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. Whatever's coming out's coming out. Say, let's, okay. right. We need Antonio. Yeah, it'd be a great addition to the team. We already—I mean, we should have made the playoffs. Should have been there. Yeah, probably not. Should have been us. Maybe one, one, one less division game at the end of the season. We're in. Sure, that's not, that's not against our rival Colts. I don't know. I just—they uh, were banged up, you know. <sighs> I mean, if you have a little bit of a passing threat, dude, I mean, I open saying, it up for Derek. Well, Derek just starts game. running you over. Yeah, or. He starts running over from the beginning, and then we got yeah. got you deep because AB is so fast. So right, like, true. We got everything. We need it. We'll win it. We'll, we'll win it. <laughs> we need it. That's variable for you. <laughs> we'll win it. We'll win it. Um. So where do you guys now that we're take your hats off and come back to real life and Dylan can talk like a normal person? <laughs> um. Where do you think Antonio Brown is gonna go? Uh, since this is likely to happen before, or yeah, probably before we get this out to the listeners, but who knows? We'll see. Doge, you quick first. Where do you think it'll be? Are you going? Are you sticking with the Raiders? Yeah, I think they just have you know with all their picks, just the most. It just makes sense. I agree that they, can, that they can offer to the Steelers. You know, you're not going to be trading him in division. You know, yeah, he's going to be in the AFC, but. 
you know, I think of, of what teams can offer the Steelers and what's more, most enticing for them to get rid of AB, uh, I think the Raiders just makes the most sense. Right. No, I totally agree. Um, they just have the most to offer, like you said, so I don't know why it wouldn't happen there unless they just want to trade him to the NFC um, just for Steelers reasons, you know. Um, but I, I, I think the Raiders too, and I think that'll likely happen uh, here tonight or tomorrow morning. Dill, what do you think? So I just saw 49ers decided not to extend Garcon. Yeah. So, you know, maybe open a little spot there. Not, not picking up his option. True. I think that, you know, out there in, in uh, Levi Stadium would be nice. Yeah. I think he'd look real good in that uh, red and gold there. I, was, I don't believe they've reached out about him, though. Well, I'm just saying, I think that that would be. What, I what agree. Are the, what are the likely, what are, what are the top odds right now? I'm, um, I don't I can pull that up real quick. Yeah, pull them up, Dush. Yeah, we'll get the live stats. Are you going to my bookie? Right. This is this is listed on Oddsharp. No, don't shout them out. It's uh, from Bovada. Okay. And this is as of March seventh. So, like I said, we're recording on the seventh here. Uh, Oakland Raiders, the favorites at plus three fifty. Sure. The Titans are next at plus five fifty. Cardinals at plus 750. Come on, Cliff. The Packers are the fourth most likely at plus 1,000. And oh, then you good. have your 49ers tied with the Browns, Colts, and Steelers at plus 1,200 as a place for Antonio Brown to land. So, they're just as good as odds of him staying. Like, no chance. Most likely 49ers. So, it's not, it's not unheard of. I don't know, dude. They have the same odds as the Steelers. I would call that... They have the same um, amount of odds as the Browns, and I think there's no way... There's no way he goes to the Browns, and there's no way he stays on the Steelers, so that's why yeah, I, that is uh, unheard of. To I, me. I don't like him going to the Packers, either. He's not going there. I think, Colts I think, would be nuts, though. I think, I think Vegas. Colts would be sick. I think Vegas... It's a, he's a Vegas bound brother. He'll he'll love that stadium. You gotta too. love it. He'll he's just, he's like, gonna oh, be showtime. It's gonna be sweet. This is me. Have you seen him without a helmet on? Yeah, his earrings. Yeah, his hair. He's a baller. He's all about it, man. He's about. He's, I don't. He needs to lose a blonde mustache here soon. His lifestyle. He's looking good. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for our second half. We're gonna move it on to our buzzer beaters here. So, Dill, swinging over to you. What do you got for the buzzer beater? Where do you want it? And what do you got? All right. Always going a little bit left to center. Sure. Top of the uh, top of the three here. Okay. Doing my casual. Right dribble over to my left, step back with my left hand. Crossover step back? Uh, no, nothing that dramatic. It's pretty slow. simple. You slow know. man move? Yeah, slow but good. Yep. Every time. It works. Put her so, in. So we're going to do a little Metcalf memes here. Okay? Sure. So DJ Metcalf <laughs> at his combine, this picture, if you haven't seen it, you have, so you know what I'm talking about. He's just huge, dude. The dude is ripped, and you know what position he plays? Defensive line, linebacker, wide receiver. Unless you're, you're probably gonna have to cut this if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure he's wide receiver. Yeah, no, he is. I was gonna say, like, I could have sworn. I was like, when you were saying that, I'm like, what? I was joking. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm. I swore he's wide receiver. Like, yeah. Because I remember seeing a picture of him crossing the middle or watching a game when he was crossing the middle. Mississippi State, right? And, uh, yeah, and he was just, uh, he's just a 
beast. Yeah. Who's old? Is it old this? Uh, I'm not sure. You're the one who's got the memes. I was just wow. <clears throat> I just saw the dude who's just freaking yoked, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then he ran a super old ridiculous Miss. forty two. Old Miss. There old you go. Miss. So Sorry. I'm wrong, of course. Okay. So I okay. Mess me up. Listen to the guy who knows the story. Listen to this. Mess me. Metcalf memes. Okay. So we're we're just gonna read off a couple memes here, including this picture. Verbal memes. Okay, we like it. Stay with me here. Girlfriend, pass me the bread, Daddy. Dad grabs the bread. Metcalf goes, uh, she was talking to me. And then the dad goes, yes, Daddy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Old Miss, tuition is going to be 20000 All I have is $10. Uh, that's perfect. <laughs> All right, we've got another one here. I like that one way better. <laughs> Get after the school. All right. Grandma, let's pray before we eat. Metcalf. I'm hungry now. Amen. Pass interference on the offense. Metcalf. <laughs> you sure? Ref. <laughs> LOL. Just kidding. Flag must have fallen out of my pocket. <laughs> this dude is huge. Who was that other dude that was like that recently? Sean Oakman. Yes, dude. For, for Baylor. For Baylor. Yeah. That dude is yoked as well. Just that picture of him at the coin toss was hilarious. Yes, dude. just like the crop top, too. It's yeah. all gut. All right, Doge. Dill's on fire over here, as you can tell. But I'm going to swing it to you since you got the buzzer beater. What do you got? Yeah, you know, I was going to talk basketball, but we haven't talked anything but football all, all pod. So I'm switching it up. I got a couple things. Sure. Uh, quick pour one out to Borussia Dortmund getting knocked from the Champions League. Uh, they were my squad. Oh, uh, yeah. Tottenham. Really beat them in the first matchup, 3-0, but they, they lost an aggregate 4-0 to Tottenham. So hopefully they can focus on the Bundesliga. Uh, Bayern has made a bit of a run at them, so Dortmund still has them on the goal differential, but they're tied at the top, so hopefully they can focus on that now. Uh, so that's my that's my European football part. But uh, another thing in the college football realm, Jalen Hurts, uh, wow. officially named the starting QB of Oklahoma in their first spring uh, spring practice, so going for Heisman uh, for Jalen Hurts. Uh, it'll be fun to see him in a different uniform, you know, knowing that he's not just sitting on the sideline, just wasted potential as right. to uh, just lights everything up for Alabama. So right. keep your eye on him <laughs> in Oklahoma. You know, hopefully get the the three peat of of great quarterbacks coming out of Oklahoma with Baker, then Kyler, then maybe Jalen. Right. All right, I'll take my buzzer beat here at the end. Doge, I know you wanted to keep it all football, but I'm a basketball junkie. You know me. I had to get my fix in here at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got my hockey. So. Hey, you got your hockey fix. Let me That's get my right. NBA. Yeah, talk hockey. Okay. All right, so for my buzzer beater, like I was saying, folks, I've got Andrew Bogut, who just finished up his MVP season in Australia. Um, so he's piqued a little NBA uh, interest in some NBA teams. So the Warriors are now going to sign him, bring him back, sure up that center position or backup center position as, you know, Boogie's going to start. And then um, just a little uh, looking forward to Celtics-Lakers here this Saturday. Uh, always a great matchup, and this one's in uh, Staples Center against the, uh, the Lakers. So really looking forward to uh, beating up on another really bad team. Um, so, But we just want to say thank you for tuning in. This is the clubhouse. <laughs>